This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Hadass Kuznets with superstar chef Nick Elmy. Celebrity chef. People know you from Top <laughs> Chef, but they also know you from Philly, Laurel in the Valley, and Royal Boucherie. And you are the local all-star for Taste America, which is a James Beard Foundation dinner taking place the first Friday in November. Friday November 2nd at the Rittenhouse. So explain to folks what this is. People have heard of James Beard. They know that's a big deal. They might not have heard of Taste America. Taste America is kind of a celebration of chefs from across the country. And they pair national chefs and national James Beard Award winners with local chefs. We have Chef Jeremiah Langhorn, who's a James Beard Award winner from D.C. coming up and cooking a dinner with myself, John Siena of LaCroix at Rittenhouse Hotel and several other chefs who are going to be hosting the reception. We have Eli Culp and Ellen Yin from High Street Hospitality, Diana from Hardina, Joey Baldino from Zeppelin Polizzi Social Club, which are two of my favorite restaurants in, in the city, Marcy Turney from Barbuzzo, and uh, Michael Laughlin from Scarpetta. So they host the reception and then there's a sit-down dinner where uh, John Sion, myself, and Jeremiah cook for everybody. It's, it's pretty fun. I got to do it last year where I was part of the opening reception. And then I actually sat down and ate the dinner. And it was it was a lot of fun. We, we raised a lot of money for James Beard Foundation. And it was a pretty great night. Pretty celebratory night, I would say. AKA, that means everybody drank a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, for foodies, I mean, this is the top of the top. Yeah, I mean, James Beard, I, I guess down and dirty, like uh, James Beard Foundation to a chef. James Beard Awards are like the Oscars of the culinary world. If you're a James Beard Award winner, you've basically, you've made it. I have not won. I've been nominated three times. Laurel has been nominated. When Laurel first opened back in 2013, we were nominated for Best New Restaurant in America. We didn't win. I've been nominated three times for Best Chef in Mid-Atlantic. You know, and it's always an honor to be nominated because you're thought of as like, you know, a handful of the top chefs in your region. And it's, you know, great. You know, obviously you want to make that next step. You're um, a James Beard nominee. Yes, exactly. I guess, I don't know. We always have this discussion in the kitchen. Is like, is it better to win or is it better to get nominated every year? Because at least people are like, Thinking about it every year, thinking about you every year. Well, you're a Top Chef winner. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you laugh, you laugh. I know it's it feels like uh, it feels like a long time ago. It I was mean, several years. 2013. Yeah, it's five years. Oh my ago. goodness, time flies. Yeah, right. So explain how this works. So Jonathan Sion is the host because it's at Lacroix Rittenhouse, mm-hmm. and so he that he's that's his home restaurant. Yeah, that's where he cooks out of every day. Right. You know? So you have a host, you have an uh, a local all star, and then you that's have me. That's you. <laughs> and you have a James Beard Award winner. Yeah, yeah. So, and and they're doing 10 cities. So each weekend, I think they're doing two cities. I think that like on our weekend, they're doing one in Philadelphia and one in Boston where they have, you know, a local chef in Boston who's hosting a national James Beard Award winner and they do a dinner there as well. Raising money for James Beard Foundation. James Beard Foundation does a lot to provide scholarships to younger students who are trying to break into culinary school. They do chef boot camps all over the country. Greg Vernick of Vernick Food and Drink attended the one last year. They host James Beard dinners up at the James Beard House in New York City, which is always an honor. To be invited to the James Beard House to cook is always like a really great honor. And it's like this little tiny kitchen in like a townhome in, in Manhattan. And you have to figure out a way to knock out dinner for 90-ish people all at the same time 
in like one of the most cramped kitchens you'll ever see. But it's yeah. it's they keep it pretty organized, so it's it's still it's fun, but it can be a little nerve wracking, you know. And you also know that okay, you have to impress these people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're going to the James Beard House to cook, and I don't I think the like the difference between restaurant food and banquet food is so d- drastic because you have to do 80 of the same thing at the same time and figure out a way to get everything to look exactly the same way and also be hot and also be plated at the same time and also be delivered. It's like, it's, I don't know if I'm ever going to get into catering. I hope I don't. Cause well, that's kind of what this dinner, that's what this dinner yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But John Cian of, of La Croix, he's been there, I think it was like 10 years ago or something. He's worked his way up through that kitchen for 10 years. He knows that place inside and out. And on top of that, he's unbelievably organized, a handsome devil as well um so i'm excited that we're doing it there because i know that he has a pretty firm grip of that entire place and you're cooking with him and the award winner jeremiah langhorn from dc of the dabney i've kind of admired him from afar for quite some time his food is very real it's pretty without being precious it's refined but it still has like a like a little bit of rusticity to it and you can just tell like his palate is pretty far up there so what are you looking for like do you, you do you meet them at the first time at the dinner or do you no, no, we, I mean, we've other? been talking on the phone about who's going to cook what. Uh, we've we've exchanged a couple emails. Uh, we're going to hang out for a couple of days before we do the dinner together. I mean, just to, you know, exchange ideas and make sure we're all on the same page. <laughs> Hopefully maybe take them, I don't know, take them around Philly a little bit. There's always like a little bit of a, when we're doing events like this, like I've done collaboration dinners before and there's always like, all right, do you want to like work together or work in contrast? Because both of them actually, if, depending on who the people are, like both of them work. If you want to cook completely separate from the person that you're working with or you want to try to like make it cohesive, I mean, it's always as long as the food's good, that's all that counts. Yeah. So what's it like for you to meet somebody that's, you know, like a superstar in the culinary world? For you, that must be like... It's I mean, it's fun. like meeting your movie, meeting a movie star. We don't treat each other like that. I mean, we're. I mean, it's kind of going in that direction. Like really? a little bit. I don't know. I hope not, man. Um, With all the TV stuff and everything, just, I'm sure the two of you have heard of each other. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, it's like, dude, it's like any other industry. Like we know, we know who you know the people who are cool. Basically, I don't know how to explain that other than that. Which is like, there are people in the industry who are spectacular chefs, and you admire them, but then you meet them in real life, and you're like, oh man, this guy but you know yeah. but a lot of people in our industry are pretty laid back uh we're intense in the kitchen but outside of the kitchen it's like you know let's share ideas let's talk about food let's just be respectful of like the industry and 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 jeremiah is definitely in that vein what's um, it feel like you're gonna meet him are you excited yeah of course i'm excited he's a good dude he's a good dude he's a great chef happy that he's coming up to philly happy to show him around philadelphia i think we've built quite a reputation over the past couple of years about the philadelphia food scene so i'm excited to make sure that you know he gets to see I've been down to D.C. a couple times, I think I think four times in the past two years. So I've gotten to eat around a little bit. And they have a great food scene down there as well. So for him to come out of there as the, the James Beard Award winner, he's obviously doing something pretty spe- special. What do you hope to learn from him? More about D.C. I like the D.C. market right now. I like D.C. as a whole. I love D.C. as a city. I would never move down there. But I love Philadelphia too much. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever. You wouldn't like expand, open uh, a restaurant there? No, man. Like. I don't know how these guys do it. I have three restaurants now, and I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. I don't know how I'd ever be able to do multiple cities. And it, it, expansion is not really in my head right now. Because you want to do it well, right, under yeah. your control. So, like, la- we opened the most recent restaurant, Royal Boucherie, last November. So It'll know, be a year. It'll be a year. And I'm just trying to wrap my brain around the th- keeping the three restaurants right. You know, I want to spend the next year making sure everything's perfect before we decide to do anything else. All right. So tell, tell me about the food for the Taste America dinner. 
it's all over the place, which is great because I think the lineup of chefs that we have kind of represent Philadelphia as a whole. Eli Culp and John Patterson of Fork, uh, obviously with Ellen Yin, they're kind of like, Ellen's like a Philadelphia staple. Um, she, I feel like she's like the culinary mother of Philadelphia right now. <laughs> you know, like they represent what we are. We're unbelievably down to earth yet refined and flavor forward. We work with, you know, they specifically work with a tremendous amount of farms. They do a lot of charity work. You know, their focus is on food, staffing, making sure that they provide great hospitality and community. And I think that's a lot of what Philadelphia is about, especially the culinary community. The ladies from Hardina, which the food that they're putting out right now is kind of top in the city. I don't know if you've ever been down to Hardina. I highly recommend it. If you want it, like your taste buds blown away, <laughs> you're like, what the hell is this? They cook food unlike anything else in the city right now. Uh, then Joey Baldino, who kind of represents like our Italian love affair with uh, pasta and pizza and everything good from Italy in the city, you know, uh, Polizzi Social Club, uh, the best crab spaghetti you'll ever have. Uh, you know, you go to Zeppeli out in Collingswood. And my favorite pasta dish, I think, in the city as a whole is his lemon fettuccine with a little bit of Bortaga shaved on top. Michael Laughlin of Scarpetta, they're in the Rittenhouse as well. So uh, they're going to be helping with the hors d'oeuvres in the reception. Uh, they've been turning out great food. Marcy Turney and Valerie of Bar, Bar basically of 13th Street. I don't know how else to say that. Uh, Barbuto. What, they own everything. Uh, the, no, Bud little known Bud in Maryland's grocery. Like um, any restaurant that's good on 13th Street is There's- Marcy and Val. You know, so I'm I'm excited to see like what direction they go to because all of their restaurants are so different. I'm I'm excited to see what they come up with and what they're going to cook for that dinner. Then the three course dinner is you guys, yeah. And, and then, then the dessert reception. Now Camille Cogswell from Zahav is a James Beard Award winner. She is. She's our rising star chef of last year for James Beard. I think I feel like Zahav just walks into the James Beard Awards every year, picks up whatever medals they want, and gets to leave. But she was uh, she won last year for rising star chef. She's a young wonderful wonderful pastry chef from Zahav she does so much more than pastries she does she's she's amazing in the kitchen uh Tova Duplessis from uh, Essen Bakery which is in my neck of the woods on East Passion because a block north of us she's spectacular and Andrew Ling I mean Scholson Collective think of all of the great restaurant openings in the past two years that's Michael Scholson and the, you know his pastry chef is the one who's going to be knocking out the dessert reception for us so it's going to be a pretty spectacular event um how many people are you Cooking for? I believe it's 300. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of plates. All at the same time? Yeah, that's a lot of plates. It's going to be exciting. So you you have a crew. Everybody come out with plates? Yeah, Yeah. no. So it's going to be not only all of the chefs, but like all the hands on deck of all of the chefs and cooks of La Croix. And everybody go. So I haven't fun. done that in a long time. That's so. exciting, though. It's like there's, the a, there's like I... a electricity in the room when yeah. the when the plates drop. You yeah. know, the last time I did it was something that large. We did um, a charity event at the zoo, and I did it with Chef Perrier. Like a sit down, like a sit down three course dinner at the zoo, and they built us a kitchen in one of like how long ago was that? Oh man, it's got to be eight years ago. But the kitchen they built us was outdoors and basically in mud. And by the time we started service, it had been raining all day. And oh, all no. of our equipment was like sinking. into. <laughs> we were all standing in like a foot of mud. I thought we were going to die. It was awesome. Yeah, the food is looking like flawless. Yeah, exactly. Right? The, the, the best part was is everybody who was out on like eating was like dressed so elegantly and eating these beautiful plates of food. And we're like covered in mud and worried that like we're going to electrocute ourselves. <laughs> You're like sweating This is probably going to be a little bit nicer. Well, in a real restaurant Knock indoors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
What's the hardest part about cooking for a crowd this big? And also, it's $300. They're expecting perfection. perfection. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the hardest part is just communication. And especially for an event like this, when you have so many chefs in the kitchen, I'm sure it's going to be a little bit, what is it, that too many chefs spoil the soup? <laughs> One person needs to be in charge. You know, like we always talk about the illusion of democracy in a restaurant. It's like, yeah, everybody works together and everybody has a say. But if one person's not in charge, everything's going to go to shit. So who's in charge? Is it the... Oh, I'm going to... I'm John Sion's going to be in charge of that night. John, I'm in kitchen. charge of my dish, but John's in charge of that kitchen. So I'll, I'll do whatever John tells What's me. What's it like behind the scenes? Is there a lot of yelling? Uh, not anymore, I don't think. I know Those days are gone. He's laid back like I am. We kind of govern our kitchens more about like respect of product and what we're doing and trying to teach and learn. And if you don't respect that, then it's not going to be. I think I realized like, after working for Chef Perry for so many years that like, why am I going to upset myself? and get myself angry and yell and scream and waste my energy if you don't want to do the job. It's just my, my theory now is just move on. We'll find somebody else to do it. I'm right. not going to get upset. I'll just do it myself. And seriously, it's true. It's like I'd rather just do it myself than get mad at somebody. We've gotten a glimpse somebody. of it behind the scenes on the TV shows. Yeah, I mean, that was still, I think I was still, I mean, we're talking five years ago. I was still in that transition from trying to get out. I mean, it's hard to talk about Lebec sometimes. <laughs> it was Basically, was that traumatizing? It was like four years of hell. I don't know if you saw the documentary as well, King George, which is a great documentary. It's about like Lebec Finn fading out and my relationship with Chef Perrier and what it's like to be at Lebec Finn. And Chef was just yell and scream every day, no matter what. If everything was perfect, he would find something to yell and scream about. If everything was terrible, it was just like every single Is that just that generation, though? I think it was that older generation of cooks. They were brought up by chefs who would physically beat the crap out of them every day and yell and scream up every day. They transitioned into, all right, we're not going to beat the crap out of people. We're just going to yell at people every day. It sounds like, like that's how like parenting used to be. Exactly, right? And then they went from like hitting to like yelling. Just and screaming. then it's like, let's kind of. Okay. We're all people here. Right, exactly. <laughs> <Let's> everybody relax <laughs> and just talk this through. I like to think that nowadays parents are. For the most right. part. Yeah, yeah, I think parents are understanding that, you know. Children don't have cognitive reasoning until they're five or six years old. So what the hell are you yelling until at a kid like about? Five or six, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 25 for oh, 26. Exactly. Well, I'm still working <laughs> on mine as well. But. I know, right, exactly. Yeah. But you now like you're supposed to like coach them just like a uh, master chef. Exactly. But like I think having my own children definitely changed me as a person and the way I coach in the kitchen and the way I teach and the way I work in the kitchen. Like I, Again, like I'm not going to yell and scream at you. I'm, I'm going to show you how to do something two or three times. If you don't get it and you're not going to pay attention, I just move on. You got moved out. Like you're not, you don't get to do it anymore. Somebody yeah. else will do it or I'll do it myself, you know? And it's more of like respect for the product, respect for the kitchen. If you don't have that, you're going to get sussed out pretty quickly. Right. Um, I'm not going to waste my time and my energy and I'm not going to get myself upset. I don't, I really don't. I think we've been open, I mean. So what do you do if you have like, you're in a stressful situation, you've got something, a whole bunch of dishes that you can't take out. Start over. Start over and then. Right. We, 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 we talk about our kitchen being black and white. There is the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it. That's it. You know what I mean? If it's not right, it, you can't serve it. So we start over. And then at the end of the service, if you're the problem, we fix the problem. If we have to fix the problem more than once, then we eliminate the problem. You know, it's very, it's, we try to keep it pretty cut and dry. And if we don't, then, and if we don't have the same standards and rules for everybody, then it makes it tricky. And if we're yelling at somebody the next one day and then nicer than the next day and screaming at somebody else, it like, that's what it was at Lebec. And that's the old, old school way of doing it. It's like, but once you eliminate all that and you just make it like, this is right. This is 100%. This is our goal. Everything else is failure. 
then it's pretty simple. You either do it or you can't do it. If you can't do it, you can't work here. It's done. Fascinating. It seems simple. Fucking hard as hell. <laughs> I bet. Right I bet. I bet. It's interesting though when you're talking about like top, top, top gourmet food, then like to to see what it's like behind the scenes, to see what it's like at an event like this, you know, mm-hmm. talk to you about like how do you get it perfect? Because we're talking about perfect food. Yeah. Perfect. No exceptions. Yeah. Perfect opera- preparation. Preparation. Yeah. You have to walk in knowing exactly what you're doing, knowing your timeline. Like if I know that I get to start plating at 7.05 and I need to be done by 7.25, like I know every single step that I'm taking and all my cooks are taking at 7.06, 7.07, 7.08. You know what I mean? If we don't think like that, then you're not going to get there. So do you have to go into the kitchen and kind of know where everything is, know where you're putting everything, know where your space is? Pace yourself out. You basically walk through the paces of what's going to happen. It's interesting. It's, It's cool because it's a different... For me, that, that I mean, creating the food and talking to other chefs and, and having that kind of dialogue about food with other chefs is also fun. But like for me, the fun part is the organizational aspect of it and being able to be like, all right, how the hell are we going to do this? Like who's going to stand where? What's going to be plated? Who's holding this? Who's doing that? Who's putting this where? You know what I mean? And how's it, how quickly can we get it out? How quickly can we get 300 perfect plates out? And if you're not organizational, I don't think you can do it. No, absolutely. No, it's going to be it's going to be brutal. And the worst part is, is like, especially something like that, like if something happens, I'm not jinxing John, but like if something wrong happens on first course, it's going to affect second course, which is going to affect third course. You know what I mean? Like one mistake has a trickle down effect that can ruin like an entire thing. Because the timing. I hope I'm not putting pressure on everybody. <laughs> I know, right? Everybody better get it perfect. Yeah. All right. The uh, Taste America James Beard Foundation dinner takes place on Friday, November 2nd at the Rittenhouse. Tickets start at $300 a person. You can get your tickets at jamesbeard.org backslash taste dash America dash Philadelphia or just go to jamesbeard.org. They have all the information. You'll be able to find it, I swear. All right. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank, you, Thank so you so much. much for Nick, me, Nick Elmy, he is also, if you want to taste his food and you can't get into Taste America, you can go to Laurel in the Valley or Royal Boucherie. Now, are you there? You can't be there every night. I'm there you? almost every day. Every I check in everywhere every day. I spend probably four nights a week at Laurel and then one and a half days a week to two days a week at Royal Boucherie. All right. Laurel, and, Laurel and in the Valley are right next to each other. So I kind of fade between both kitchens all night. And then I spend like at least one full service at Royal Boucherie a week. But that, I mean, that food is, that's that's easy stuff. It's crack some oysters. We make our own charcuterie, you know, steak free. It's like simple, simple bistro food on, in Old City. It's not like you're being called a James Beard Foundation local all-star. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Nick Elmy, thank you so much. Thank you, Hannes. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.